What's up? My name is DeAndre Kiera, and you are tuned in to a new episode of Just Let It Go podcast. And we're celebrating 90 episodes. That means sometime in July. Ooh, no, maybe August. It'll be 100 episodes, so we're going to have to have a little celebration for that. Um, Damn, 90. It's crazy. Um, especially because I was tired as hell today. I was like, oh, I got to record. But now that I'm here, I'm excited to record. Um, life this past week has been regular. I mean, I had a little anxiety, but it just, it just comes with having anxiety disorder. Like, where it's like, there's nothing that's bothering you, nothing in the subconscious, nothing that you're secretly worried about. It just creeps up on you and you kind of just have to try to do your coping mechanisms. Like I was at the gym and I was trying to push through, but it's hard to focus when you just feel anxious, you know, but I did the rest of the workout and I just like cook, talk to my friend on the phone, clean up and went to bed. And sometimes you just got to lay your ass down and shower and lay down with the bed because it's like. It's really nothing you can do some days, but try to, you know, do those coping skills and breathe it on out. Also, um, it's some shit that's happening in Philly. It was the primaries for the mayoral election and some other house seats and city council and stuff like that. So I don't know. I say I'm going to get more into politics and I am. I just feel like Philly just has a very long way to go in a lot of ways. And I, it's sad. It's just so much stuff that happens here that I really feel like, unfortunately, the net is going to take at least two good mayors to get this city into shape. Like, two terms, like, for 16 years. We're going to need, like, 16 years to get this city in shape because it's just a lot um, I haven't, I haven't had a chance to talk about it on the show, primarily because I really don't talk about crime in this city on the show because nobody about to blow my head off for just giving an opinion about the shit I see on the news or on the internet. But also, you know, just wanted to talk about it. I don't know if the people that aren't in like the Philadelphia area saw that two um, inmates escaped a prison. Uh, 10 days ago, 10 days from today, they were going for at least 19 hours before prison um, personnel knew that they were going to cut out a window. One um, was an 18-year-old that was, and it's like, it's, 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 a, it's not even a prison really yet. It's a jail in Philly, I guess. No, it's a prison. It's like a detention center, I guess you could say, because it's not like the prison. It's like the it's like jail because it's right before they go to like real prison, like when you're waiting for a trial or like if you got a short term sentence. So I guess like it's jail. Um, but it was an 18 year old and he was there on um homicide charges, one being that an inmate that was released from prison last year was killed outside of the prison and they believed that he did it. 
um, and four other counts of homicide. Um, the other guy was a 24-year-old, and um, he was like on some type of drug charges and stuff. So the guy that was um, the the prisoner that escaped that had the drug charges, they found him in North Philly in female Muslim attire hiding out in Strawberry Mansion. So for y'all that's not in Philly, this is how crazy it sounds, right? The prison is like in 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 one area right outside the city that's like 10, 15 minutes, 20 tops outside the city, right? It's right at the edge of the city. It's really, really not far, right? Like there's a bus that goes out there. The Where they found him was literally at the epicenter of crime in Philadelphia. Like if you, it's like you, he literally was hiding in plain sight like, I used to work over there, and it's so crazy. It creeped me out because I'm like, I used to walk across this parking lot where they arrested him all the time. I used to be there all the time, every day, for a while. And it's like, to hide out there is so crazy. It's so crazy because it's really like you were just hiding in plain sight. Mind you, they had at least 20 hours before anybody... um even knew at this point that they were missing. Once they found out they were missing, I think it was like two days he was found. The first guy was found. They said that there was no real relation between the other guys. Like they didn't know each other. I think one saw the other sneaking out and kind of followed suit. I I don't know. I'm not sure if they knew, knew each other at all. The detectives at the time when I saw it, they said that there was no connection that the two people um, knew each other. But to see that they were just hiding in plain sight in North Philly. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, it takes money to be on a run. I'm just going to say this. I'm not stupid. I understand how crime works. Like everybody thinks that they're fucking John Gotti or like they're fucking James St. Patrick. But when we're talking common sense, if you're going to do all of that and come up with this diabolical plan to get the fuck out of prison, one would assume that you had some money somewhere to get the hell out of Dodge if you're risking it. Because when they catch you, you know, you're never coming back outside. You know what I mean? So I would think, you know, you were on your way somewhere in 19 hours. 19 hours is insane as a prison system that has been called out time and time again because of their practices or the standards in which they run the prison. Um, We have heard a lot of things happening there about the mistreatment of inmates or the quality of things that happen there. So it just kind of show you guys, if, if nothing else, that the security there is very low in legs and there's some other shit that's going on there and somebody needs to investigate because I've never heard somebody being able, a fucking prisoner, be able to cut a hole out of a gate and leave. And nobody knows anything for 19 hours when it was to my understanding that they had to do count every hour on the hour, even during lights out. So that's very strange. Um, but the second guy, so they found the first guy in the middle of North Philly. 
baby, I just don't understand. It was to just and then and female Muslim guard is like that's crazy as shit. And it's sad because, like I said, I used to be in that area, so I know it's like a lot of older people that are there, and it's like this is if you're gonna escape prison, you could literally be highly dangerous, you know. So I, I think it was like a $25,000 reward for either one of them. So I don't know. I wonder if someone cashed in on a 25K or if they were just surveillancing their area. But the 18-year-old that was also missing from the prison, the prison, the escapee, they found him May 17th, today, that I'm recording this, May 17th, in in West Philly. So that's like 20 minutes from where the other guy was found. And he was hiding with his family. Um, Again, I would have thought like he would be out of Dodge. Like it's very, and that's another place that, you know, y'all, if y'all listen to the show, I grew up in West Philly. Well, it's really where he was found was really Southwest, but yeah, not too far from where I grew up. And it's really sad. It's very, it's just scary. Like, the feelings I feel here is just very nerve-wracking, very scary. You really have to just stay prayed up because it's shit like this, you know? Apparently, according to the news outlets, they were saying, like, the family was trying to hide them and things like that. It's just, you know, for an 18-year-old to have such, you know, things stacked against him in that way, or it's like he's committing all of these fucking crimes, is very scary. I had saw on, uh, um, like, it's like a little uh, blog here in Philly that they talk about, like, the crime that's happening. And someone went on Instagram Live, and he was discussing what happened while he was on the subway, and that he witnessed the murder on the subway. Um, someone was wearing a push um, you know, like the ski mask. And it was a teenager and shot and killed another teenager um, during an argument. And because they didn't see his mask, he had a mask on and didn't see his face. So more than likely, like, that kid is going to get away with murder. And it makes me nervous because, like, everybody is scared. We have literally seen research and see detectives and stuff that said, like, Obviously, all of these crimes that are happening in the city are teenagers or very young people like under 21 that are committing these crimes. And it's kind of like, damn, as a civilian, right? You don't even know what to say to these kids. You don't know if this just a little kid up the street that's playing basketball and they're fighting. You're like, hey, guys, like, don't fight. Or if they're going to fucking blow your head off. And people be like, that's why you got to get out of Philly. Yeah, I can get out of Philly, but people have entire families and friends and everything else that's here. Everybody can't leave Philly, you know what I mean? And everybody can't feel safe. It's nerve-wracking because you're not only worried about yourself, you're worried about everyone around you. And you just got to keep praying and praying that these things don't happen or pray like on these kids that they have some type of, you know compassion for human life you know and is that part makes it feel like it's really lacking here like there's no compassion for other people there's no compassion no real um care for another person's life 
you know, and my, when I was growing up, I just never, I, I knew boys that was like in the street and stuff. I didn't know like anybody that was able to just walk up and kill somebody, you know? And like the guy that did the live, he was saying, you know, I don't even know, you know, I never, I, this is a very crime written city. I never seen anybody get murdered let's alone a kid in front of me on a train. And that's a trauma that everybody on that train has to walk away with, you know? Like, we've seen kids get murdered just playing, you know, basketball or video games or coming home from school and not giving up a phone. And just last week, there was a mob of kids jumping on cars. It's just like, if I vote, I really, when I vote, I did vote. But what I want to see change in this city is not just punishment, but like really going in and doing the work. Like cops need to get the fuck off their asses. There need to be safe corners. There need to be beat cops walking down the fucking street. Like you, like y'all have to pay people correctly. You have to have a really good eternal affairs um, department here. Like we need fucking beat cops. We need, like, I used to get on a train at this one area in Philly. And when I say it was bombarded with shit all the time, you would think it was a bunch of cops out there that was getting people to move around. And no, no, no cops, no cops whatsoever. I remember when I got, I talked about it when I got robbed, um, like 10 years ago. And literally, you would think at that area, it would have been cops. No cops over there. Still no cops over there. Like, it's just areas in this city that you would think that there's police. But no, they want to stand and walk around K&A and watch zombies turn into zombies and zombies and zombies. But y'all are not even doing a crime, you know, really protecting any of the citizens that were there first. Y'all just literally, that was a whole ass neighborhood in the city and y'all just dropped addicts off there and just put um needle exchanges there and that's that was such a poor area in the city like where rent was super cheap that those people that live there they can't move because they can't afford to live anywhere else in the city so when y'all want to say oh that's why you gotta get out of philly when these people are working jobs with at the most spend at the least right ten dollars an hour because fifteen dollars isn't our minimum wage yet but shit for real for real fifteen dollars can't pay no rent and these are very you know easy jobs you know shouldn't require but somebody gotta do it they can't afford philly's rent right now so it's just such so many fucking issues that's happening that i don't know i just don't feel like one mayor is gonna be able to fix it and to be honest, the person that's voted in, I feel like it's kind of going to have that Obama effect where it's like, this city was just so fucked up when handed to them that they're under such such fucking pressures to fix everything. And they're not going to be able to fix everything, but they're going to be able to put some policies in place so that the next president can kind of follow suit. But, you know, we'll see if the next, if the mayor is able to do that, but I don't want to get on a soapbox. This city just makes me, you know, nervous just for how it's going because there's just so much shit going on 
And that's why I stay in my black tail in a damn house and hope nobody come in here after me. <sighs> but let's get into the fun shit of the show. Let's let's stop talking about depressing ass Finley. So I was watching, y'all know I love TikTok. So I was on TikTok and this came up. Um, it was an excerpt from The Real. And basically, Adrian Bailon was saying that she just wants to fall in love and she would marry the person she marries is somebody that she wouldn't mind being poor with because the love is just so strong. And Jeannie be, Jeannie's a weirdo. I ain't going to hold y'all. Jeannie be doing some weird shit. But she be calling them out sometimes. And basically what she said was like, that's easy for you to say because you didn't marry poor. And she was like, no, I'm just saying like, I can marry, I can marry somebody. And if we were poor, our love would pull us. So she was like, yeah, but you never been poor, you know, and nor did you marry someone that would be, would have you in a position to be poor. Neither are you are poor. So it's very easy for you to say. And I feel like people romanticize love so much when you don't have real challenges and real things going on you know you're able to say hey um our love is so strong we can get through find the number one reason for divorce is finances it's hard as fuck to be in love and happy when your finances are fucked up it's very hard to focus on love and happiness when your lights is off when you're hungry when it keep when it feels like you're working hard but you're not seeing the fruits of your labor when it feels like you know someone isn't pulling their weight enough and when you have to you have nobody be else be angry at but the person in front of you because you feel like they put you in that situation or they're not helping you out that situation there's so many traumas that comes up with growing poor that to be honest People don't stop being together because the love wasn't strong enough. There might not be a love strong enough to be happy and fucking poor. And that's that, and I feel like people just say shit that they never experience. I grew up not poor, poor. You know, I always had a roof over my head. I, I've never been homeless. I never went to be asleep. I'm not going to say that. But I grew up um, with need, you know, I've seen very scary times and very, you know, scarce, I, I experienced scarcity, you know, and love is not enough to pull you out of that shit. And for me, if I was to get married, I am so traumatized by being poor, I'll never be poor again. Or I'll never experience such scarcity in that way. Poor is a mind state. And when being broke is a mind state, you're broken. Like, it just feels like no matter how hard you're working, you just can't get ahead because you're playing catch up. Like, I talked to y'all before, like, when it feels like you're working all of these jobs. And it's really because you're paying catch up. Because no matter how minimal you try to live, when you're not being paid correctly, you're not being able, you're living below the means that you, like you're already living higher than your means. Like there's no way that you're able to pay for everything. There's no way that you could ever make amount, the amount of money you need to survive in this world when you're not being paid properly. 
And the only person that you could probably take shit out on is the person you're married to. Or the only person that understands your frustration is the person you're married to. And sometimes not being in a relationship or being married can put you in a better position. That was a whole, you know, that's a whole nother thing with like how um, black women had to be on put on footsteps and it had to create the single mother household and all of that other stuff. I just feel like sometimes people just make those blanket statements and it's like, oh, our love for richer or for poor. Have you been poor? Did you marry somebody that you could potentially be poor with? No. So stop saying stupid shit like that. There is couples that are on the fucking streets fighting, but they love each other. <laughs> like your love, like love is never going to be enough. You can't just be, you can't. It's so nice to have that that fairy tale feeling that you could withstand everything, but it's not. And it's very easy to say. There are like there are poor people watching that shit. That's like that's easy for you to say, girl. It's easy for you to find love. It's easy for you to be in the state of love constantly because you're not in a state of survival. When you're in a state of survival, you don't have time to have love because you're busy just trying to get ahead. You're busy just trying to overcome. There's not a lot of room to love fully. I could love you, but if I'm trying to save myself or I'm trying to save the family in which we created, I might not have time to love you fully. And you might not have it for me because we're trying to survive. And hopefully when we're out there survivor mode, we have to rebuild the love and the trust. But it's very easy, you know, like me. I don't have no fucking kids. I don't have any kids. I can easily be like, girl, when I have, oh, when I have kids, I'm going to drop them off with somebody. And it's like, when I have kids, what if I don't have anybody to drop them off to? That's easy to claim when I don't have children. It's easy to claim when I never experienced the love of having a child that maybe I don't want any, I love my kids so much. I don't want them near anybody. I'm nervous. I'm scared. You know, there's very blanket terms that it just does not, you can't speak on if you didn't experience it or won't experience it, you know, and we just kind of have to be very sensitive to the things, you know, and which brings me to a conversation I had with one of my good friends. And it's like, some of these holidays are just fucking sad. They're fucking sad. And we might need to abolish them because it's just commercial. Like Father's Day, Mother's Day, you know, Valentine's Day. These are fucking sad ass commercial ass days. And we constantly have to put up these posts that send love to everyone that doesn't experience the joy of these days. And we probably should get this shit off the calendar. And we probably, it, it, it is it's sad. It's just a sad, like a lot of the times these days are sad. You know, Father's Day isn't necessarily sad for me. But when I do see people are able to post their fathers and speak highly of them, I do feel 
like I'm missing something. You know what I mean? Not something that I want to go out and seek. Like I don't want a relationship with my father, but it makes me feel about the things I didn't receive or the fairy tale that I had when I was a kid never is never going to happen. You know what I mean? Um, or people that have lost a parent or parents have to kind of experience that hurt another two days out the year, despite, you know, you know, all the other days that's hurtful. And I don't know, maybe we need to reexamine these holidays that have been so commercialized and so put in each other's faces because these honestly, it's starting to become fucking sad. <laughs> like it's just starting to become sad and hard to, you know, stomach, you know, for other people. But I don't know. That's just my random thought on it. Um <sighs> there is so Kylie Jenner, um, on the trailer of the new season of the Kardashian show. Um, she briefly mentioned that her and her sisters need to re-examine their views on the standard of beauty. And I'm not going to even go in on her because I agree. Um, she basically said like the way that the things that she did to herself, she wished she would have waited till she was older and she would be heartbroken if the way that she changed her body the way that she thought about her looks her daughter would feel when she's a teenager and I agree I agree you know I think that how we view beauty how we view self-esteem has to change so that these girls can have a fighting chance the way that we seek perfection the way that we use filters the way um we are very you know conscious about everything I had posted um a picture at work and I thought it looked nice originally right and I'm like oh this is a cute picture I posted it right and then I stared at the picture so hard and I was like oh I'm about to delete it my arms look fat da 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 and then like my sister commented and was like oh my gosh you look so good da 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 and I said thank you and I really realized like I'm sitting here analyzing a fucking arm who the fuck is looking at my arm who the fuck is looking at it who like I've even had people be like oh my gosh the pimple on my nose and I'm like what pimple I can't see it you know what I mean and if we're gonna raise daughters and raise uh, nieces and godchildren and everything else we really have to change how we see beauty so that we're not projecting perfection on them. I remember in the 90s, you know, I used to watch like 90210 and shit like that. I, I loved all that. Like, I loved me a white angsty show. Like, I really do. Like, I mind you, it came on in reruns. I'm not that old. But I remember like Tori Spelling. It was like this rumor that she, on her 16th birthday, got a nose job and that was like something that the girls did. Or as soon as you turn 18, you get a boo job. I tell you, I used to watch so much white ink TV that I had like smaller boobs up until I was 17. I swore down to the ground that I didn't care what I was going to do, but at 18, I was going to get a boob job. A boob job. 
mind you, my 17th birthday, I wound up growing boobs. But I really was going to go get a boob job because I just thought like that was the standard of beauty. Like, oh, the, a boob job would make me perfect. I was not thinking about no ass back then. No BB, BBLs were not a real thing. Like people had them like Coco, Coco T, like I like to call her, like Wendy Williams. But yeah, they had BBLs and stuff like that. But like, it wasn't popularized, like having big boobs and, you know, I really, it's funny because when I listened to Black Girl Brunch and I remember it was the episode of Sabria was like, I wanted to be a video girl. So the, so the fuck did I, like, I just love bimbo shit. I don't know. I used to watch all types of crazy shit growing up. So, um, like I was like a fan of Kelly Bundy, like thoughts, you know? But we really do need to change our standards of beauty because I really wouldn't want my daughters to grow up thinking like that. I wouldn't want anybody related to me thinking about these standards um, of beauty. Now, I'm going to keep it a bean with y'all. I'm sorry. I'm not a big fan of the body positivity movement because I feel like it was stolen from Black American women. And I'm going to leave it at that. And so, yeah. But yeah, that's... We need to come up with a black one. We got to come up with a whole different movement because the body positivity one is, is drowned out by others, if you know what I mean. So I'm not a big fan of it. Another person I'm not a big fan of. I have tried and tried and tried. I read this woman's book, first book, and I have watched a lot of her movies and I have tried to like her for a very long time. I've literally tried to like this lady for a very long time. But the pick me and the mean girl of her always gets me. And it's like every time she opens her mouth, she's either a pick me or a mean girl. This week is giving very much pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me vibes. And she irritates she might irritate me more than Alicia Keys because on some real shit, y'all, I really don't have a real reason why I don't like Alicia Keys. But Gabrielle Union, she always does shit that irritates my fucking my spirit. And it's because she always says shit for shock value. She always want to have like a salacious debate. Now we're all talking about the 50-50 thing. Why? She has an interview and they're basically talking about her acting when she was younger and how hard it was to get roles. And the the interviewer is like, oh, you know, how did that feel? She's like, I still feel that way. Mind you, the according to the internet, she's worth 40 million. And her husband, Dwayne Wade, is worth about a hundred million dollars. Keep that in mind. So she says, you know, I'm still nervous about it. I still, um, if my movie doesn't go to screen, I get upset. I get scared because what if I can't pay my bills next month? And what if I can't do this? And um, because we go 50, 50, and for our household, we go 50, 50. We split the bills. We split everything down the middle. You know how fucking dumb you sound? So it's not only split bills with a man that makes more money than you that you married but to split bills with a man who has more bills than you that makes an astronomical 
makes double has double your net worth according to the internet. They can potentially make more money than you after he retires from after he retired from basketball. Like there's no fucking way you're about to tell me that you go 50 50 in a household with a man who has three children prior to your one. You can't tell me that y'all split everything down the middle when this man has a child outside of y'all marriage that you don't acknowledge. You can't tell me that you split in bills with a man who makes double your salary. Let's talk about this shit and regular human people, regular humans, regular people that have regular fucking jobs, right? We just going to shut this shit down. Let's say a teacher marries a fucking doctor right we know teachers at the high can make 65 grand let's say the doctor brings home about $170,000 a year right let's just say it's like double right a little bit more than double why the fuck would the teacher be the one to split the bills down the he the doctor also was married prior to her and have two other children and um you know she only had one with him their two children live in now his two children live um half time with him half time with the the ex-wife right so he has bills that he has to send he has to pay bills over at that household too right let's keep it 65k 170 right almost two hundred thousand dollars but he also got investments you got a little bit you got a little airbnb business or you maybe you do uh candy treats on a weekend for birthday parties you do that there's a little job on the weekend here a little yang yang around the house to keep extra pocket money pocket money for you right why the fuck would you split the bills down the middle with him not saying you shouldn't pay any bills. Why the fuck would you be spitting those bills 50-50? It's not, y'all don't even make equal. There is a big gap. I said bitch. There's a big ass gap between your salary and his. But you're bragging about the fact that you're able to go 50-50. That means he is benefiting. He's saving a bunch of money. He's able to move more. He has more wiggle room because he makes more. He's able to set his shit up correctly and you're squabbling because you want to be proud that you're going 50-50 because you're so fucking independent, right? And you're, oh yeah, like we're a partnership. Marriage originated from receiving a dowry a man had to in order to get your dowry he had to prove to your family that he can provide for you that he is a provider he had to make more than your fucking dowry at some point right he had to use your dowry as an investment that is marriage is a legal binding form like y'all be wanting to get married and then be like, we're, 
We're a partnership. Don't get married. This is the dumbest shit. And she gets up here and you she always saying stupid shit about this relationship of hers. Outside of the shit with the kids. I ain't they fine with me when it comes to the kids, you know. But when they talk about the intimacy of their relationship, she always says some weird ass shit. And it all started with her claiming that she eat the booty. And that this baby was made on a break and you forgave him. But then the little boy ain't nowhere to be around. Like, it's just so much bullshit with them. And I am sick of it. I'm going to mute her name. I have tried to like her because I do like Deliver Us from Eva. That is one of my best movies, my favorite movies. But I feel like she just gets the fuck on my nerves so bad. She just aggravates me so bad. And she's a Scorpio. And I feel like she's an October Scorpio. And it's only about one or two of them I fools with outside of my sister. Usually, I don't go up for them October Scorpios. And she be showing it why. The only, outside of my sister, the only October Scorpio I fucks with is Monica. That's it. The rest of y'all piss me off so bad. Piss me off so fucking bad. I really can't do it. I really can't do it. I really can't. Because the pick me vibes is always there. And she's always going to be a pick me. And... She knew what she was saying when she said that because that literally had nothing to do with the damn question. And to go 50-50 with a man that's double your net worth is insane. But again, like I said, I'm going to talk about it in regular people form because I ain't got nothing to do with what these rich-ass people do with their money. Talking about it in regular terms, it still sound dumb as shit. And it just gives pick-me vibes. Pick-me, pick-me, pick-me. But... Whatever. I got some advice for Sherry Shepard. We're going to put a little glow on for this Sherry Shepard show. Now, I'm not a big fan of Sherry Shepard because eh, not not my kind of girl, you know? Like, she's cool. She's nice. She's funny for the aunties. You know, I I feel like she's good auntie TV, right? And I think she did a good job with um, hosting while Wendy Williams was gone. Here's the problem, though. And People are talking about it because she fired Suzanne and a couple other people from Wendy Williams' show. She had to. And she needs to set apart her. When she come back for a new season next year, she needs new segments that are totally for her. She needs to revamp that show so it fits her. She has, I think she has like an autistic son. We need to see more about her life, need more about her advocacy with that. You need to see more of her comedy she is in a position now to put more comedians on. She should have a segment where comedians do a bit for like 10 minutes and tell a joke and whatever. And they come and they promote their comedy, you know, their comedy specials and things like that. And we need to see that. Like, do whatever it is you do. Don't do what Wendy Williams do. You're not a gossiper. You're not into that. You never been. You were on the on the views for comedic uh, purposes, but you're not a gossiper. Wendy is a damn good gossiper, and she was great at it, and she's the pioneer in it. Don't stop mirroring her show. Come up with your own segments. Come up with things that are organic to you. Gain your own audience and get rid of all her staff. 
Get rid of all of them. Gain your own staff. Gain your own representation. Have a clear view over the summer how you want to do your show. Like like I said, like you can tap into an audience that a lot of people haven't. You can give um do makeovers for moms that are raising um autistic children and aren't able to take care of themselves. You can do, you know, like I said, comedy, letting um female comedians do a bit on the show, um, pulling in forgotten uh heroes like in Black Hollywood, asking them to do it, you know, to interview. You could really gain the momentum. Celebrities trust you. You can have great one-on-one conversations and really have a deep and profound conversation. You know, we are we haven't talked about it on the show, but Jamie Foxx, you're a good friend of Jamie Foxx. Why Jamie Foxx can't do his return interview with you and you have a real good conversation. It's like you've been around for a very long time and I need you to act like it. Make it make sense. Stop trying to do Wendy. You will never be Wendy Williams. There will never be another. Promise you, as soon as Wendy, they say, they give Wendy the clear that she can work and she's well those Wendy fans are out of there. Gain your own fans. Gain your own momentum. Do things that are feel organic to you. Don't act like Ellen. Don't act like Wendy. Don't act like Oprah. Be whoever you are, however that looks, because it's very weird to watch it. The set looks exactly the same. How you start the show is exactly the same. I don't know. Take a bit from Rosie O'Donnell's show. I really don't know what to tell you, but you really need to set it apart from whatever it is that you do. Whatever is your story, you need to tap into that. People talk shit about the Tyra Banks show, but Tyra Banks, as kooky as it is, it was her damn show. It was the shit she liked to talk about. It was the thing she wanted to do. You talk a lot about women's empowerment and... um pay equity and things like that go undercover do these shows have people go out and apply for the same job and get pulled in for the same job you know with similar resumes and let's look at their experiences let's talk about it do whatever feels right for you don't be messy don't try that messy shit it's uncomfortable for you and it reads like that and I ain't trying to come at her, but it's just like trying to do Wendy Williams. That's like me trying to act like the Reed. I'm not the Reed. I'm DeAndre. I'm not horrible decisions. I'm DeAndre. I talk about the things that feel organic to me. I'm not going to talk about no shit that don't feel organic to me. I'm going to have my own segments. She needs to do that. Create her own segments. Whatever it is that she's interested in. Hell, bitch. We need to hear about your divorces let's let's talk some story times let's talk about how you done got up out of these uh dead in ass relationships you know what you need to dig in the books and pull back these old people that used to be have um salacious ass stories and kind of get the real story from it all these throwbacks we used to do on this show you need to be calling them people to do an exclusive interview where they address rumors. 
you have a good standing in black Hollywood. Utilize it. Shit, we still haven't heard from a couple of people about some things that happened in the last few years. Pull their asses up on this show. Pull them up. We don't want to see you act like Wendy. You're not Wendy. It's not natural. (sighs) But now to my favorite segment that I absolutely love. Y'all know this is an old faithful glow up topic. So last week I talked about the fact that we are in a new era. And if you join in that era, let me know if you is the fuck around and find out era. And that's basically, if you didn't listen to the last episode, go listen. It's basically like, we're not controlling what people do anymore. We are giving everyone the license to do whatever they want to do. And we're moving forward with what we want to do. We're not debating anything. We have done the work. We have done a therapy. We are just leaving people exactly where they got us messed up at. And it's not like a beef. It's not like a cut you off. But it's definitely like, you know, I hate to remove myself. Sometimes um, elevation is a cost for, you know, sometimes you have to separate in order to elevate, right? And my friend had told me to watch um, Be Simone podcast episode, No For Sure, and her and her friend are like going through some things and um, it just made me, it just resonated with me a lot because I knew I was once in that space and I never knew how to describe it where you're the person that naturally looks out for everyone and um, people look out or do things for you without, with fear of losing you, Right. It's kind of like when you're in a relationship with someone and you naturally give to them, but they don't want to lose you. So they do these nice things for you, but it's not natural. It's out of fear that they don't want you to realize like, you know, it doesn't come. They don't want you to feel used. Right. So they just out of fear do shit for you. Right. Um, It was just a lot of stuff that resonated with me. And I realized that one of the things that that helped me grow was removing myself and being within myself and the pandemic aided in it a lot where um I had no reason to be around anybody because it was a whole global disease going around so it gave me that time to be um separate separate from everyone so that I could elevate and right now with this fuck around and find out we're elevated we have relationships we understand our triggers. We understand things that are bothering us. We understand that we were toxic as well at one point. We have done the work. We know what it is that we want and we're going to get it. And it's kind of like we're not allowing anybody in our space to interfere with it, cause any strife, cause any stress, have any weird energy, uh, whether it be a job, whether it be a relationship whether it be a friendship, familiar relationship, any type of shit, um, self-doubt, anything. We're leaving it alone. And one of the things I realized is I have goals that I wrote at the beginning of the year that I haven't worked towards completing. So what does the next few months look look like for me? I'm going to continue to stay in the gym. I'm going to actively work towards these things. I'm going to keep enjoying life. I 
absolutely am going to have a good ass time this summer. I'm absolutely going to work on these goals as well. And one of them is being free. That feeling of like just being free and not shackled down. And like I said, um, from listening to the Know For Sure podcast, it was one point in my life where I felt like I was just drowning. Like I just felt like it was just so overwhelming and so drowning. Like I just couldn't pull myself up. And that I was trying to be there for everybody. And I just kept going deeper and deeper and deeper into the ocean. And I couldn't swim, you know, because I was trying to hold on to everybody's life jacket and help everybody else, however way it looked. And I never want to feel that again. And the only way I cannot feel that is I put me first and do what makes me happy, do what is going to help set up my life right now and it's just being happy like I really just want to continue to feel happy and optimistic and not weighed down being weighed down is such a terrible feeling you know and we don't realize how much our jobs or our friends or our family or associates or Anything really can just make everything feel like when shit feel like an obligation, you just feel naturally way down. It could be some shit you enjoy, right? Like going to the gym. I actually enjoy going to the gym, but when I'm not in the mood leading up to it, it just feels like I'm being weighed down. But once I get there, I know that it's good for me. I like it, right? When I juice, I'm like, damn, I'm going to have to cut up all this fruit. I'm going to have to organize it based off the juice that I make. I'm going to have to clean out the juicer, clean out the compost, make sure the trash is out, make sure that I clean up all the spills. It's a lot. Juicing takes a lot out of me, but I love it. I really, really love it. You know, when you meet a good person, when you meet a person that you want to spend real time with, it's kind of like, you know, I would rather be in the house, but like, I'm going to go out to dinner, you know, we're going to go out to dinner, even though like I'm in my little homebody mode, I'm going to go out to dinner because I'm actually, you know, I'm going to have a good time with this person, right? Or I'm going to spend time with my friends, even though I done on Sundays is usually, you know, my reset for the weekdays. I'm going to go out, I'm going to have a good time because that's what I want to do. You know, whatever it is that you want to do, do it. You know, if you don't want to, then don't, you know, and these next few months look like for me is it just looks like happiness. It's look like I'm it's going to look like I'm working towards the things that I've always wanted is I'm working on being the woman that I when I was, you know, I've been doing inner child work when I was a little girl. This is the. DeAndra that I would be proud of. This is the DeAndra that I would have been honored to be. This is the person that I would have looked up to, that I would have thought was so fly and so cool and has such a beautiful spirit and life and fullness and great people around and not meet friends with people that make her feel bad or um, in a relationship with somebody that makes her feel bad about herself or in a job that she absolutely hates or that she doesn't feel valued at. We're not doing none of that shit no more. 
Um, so yeah, I'll basically, you know, be living my best version of Carrie Bradshaw is life without the relationship drama, but more so like the fashion, the going out for drinks, the goal crushing type shit, the constant elevating shit that comes with life. Like I feel like we have been down this crazy ass roller coaster the last three years and we finally at the peak and it's going down and we're really start we're at the part of the ride that actually feels fun and you're like oh I'll do that again but I won't <laughs> I won't get my ass back on this crazy ass emotional roller coaster but now that it's over I see why it was a thrill to get to that point you know um there are like three goals that I want to accomplish before the year is out two of them it's like four two of them I hope to that are podcast related um and I'm working towards it I have a lot of ideas that's my problem I have a lot of ideas and they're amazing ideas but I move too slow to accomplish it and then I psych myself out and say that I shouldn't do it because of whatever reason but I'm not doing that no more I'm popping out y'all gonna be sick of me um and I'm not going to lose focus I'm not going to lose um confidence I'm popping out I'm I'm trying to feel good I want everybody else to feel good and I just don't need any other distractions for this path that I'm on going forward like not a distracting relationship that doesn't fill me spiritually and encourages my goals not a job that's stifling me not a, re- a friendship that should expire, nothing. Like, I don't feel like I'm in that space anymore. I think I'm pretty good where I'm at, but I'm also very understanding that when there's a change happening, when you're in the midst of a breakthrough, sometimes there comes a storm. And I'm going to get through that storm, but if you cause a storm, if something causes a storm in my life, I'm leaving it alone. If it's, you know... Me not want to get my ass up and having a lack of discipline, I'm going to gain me some discipline. I'm going to get my ass up. I'm going to go to the gym because I know mentally is and physically is beneficial for me. If I'm around somebody that makes me anxious, I'm moving, removing them from my life. If I'm around somebody that's triggering emotions from me that I have acknowledge and I know that that's not something that I can do I'm leaving them where they at like I said last week it's the fuck around and find out area era of my life I'm not um for the bullshit no more it's just not there I'm not fighting for nothing they ain't got shit to do with my elevation and I'm just trying to get on my zoom you know every day at 10 get on my zoom and really freaking thrive like just in a very I'm done with surviving I'm ready to step into my thriving I feel like I'm right at the doorsteps of it I need to just kick that bitch down and really step through and really just give life like my all you know and not self-sabotage and not self-doubt and play around with these goals because it's going to be so amazing 
And I'm I'm not trying to let another year go by and me write down the same shit I wrote down in 2020. I don't want that at all. So that's my motivation. That's how are things going to look for me um, in these next few months. Like we're almost six months out from the end of the year. And I really don't want to write the same shit down on New Year's Eve this year that I wrote last year or the year before. I want all new goals. I want all new problems. <laughs> I don't want the same damn issues and I don't want the same goals. I want to be like, mm, crushed it, did that. Now we on to elevation. Um, and this right now, this is the first half of the year and I'm trying to make my next half of the year different. Um, so that's my plans for this month and hopefully next few months. So hopefully you guys can relate in that you're in their vibe. Um, let me know what these next few months look like for you and what you see for yourself and how you're going to achieve it. Give me some advice if you've felt like this before. So as always, I want to see you on your Zoom. I want to see you glowing. I want to see you feeling amazing. I want to see you thriving. I want you to get through the um, storm so that you can experience the breakthrough. I just want amazing things for you all. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope you enjoy it. You can follow the podcast page at JST Let It Glow. You can follow me at I am DeAndre Kiara. If you got like a private page or something, I still be feeling like I got ops out here. Just send me a message and say, hey, I like the podcast. Because I really just be... If your page is suspect, like you, like you a buy, I'm probably gonna block, block you from my page. So, like if you're not a buy, a buy, and your page get bot bots, like just let me know because I get creeped out. I be feeling like the feds is watching. But yeah, so follow or just follow the podcast page at just let JST let it glow on Instagram, just let it glow on Twitter. Um, email us email me at any um at any of your advice questions i really enjoyed the let it go sis letter last week so i hope i received more of those so email shoot me an email at just let it glow pie at gmail.com again i hope that you are glowing and growing and thriving and out of that bullshit survivor mode so see you next week bye